Welcome to the Christian Center's Sermon of the Week. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say this morning that you must tend to attention. Listen to this word with the expectation that you're going to apply this word. Because it's something we have to do. And I'm almost thinking that we have to do it urgently. It's needed to be done urgently. Now you are, the church are going through the book of, uh, the book of James. And uh, I'm going to read a portion of scripture from the book of James, chapter 2. I'm reading the first 13 verses. I'm reading from the New International Version. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, he has a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Church, I think it helps greatly when we hear portions of scripture like this and measure scripture against our daily faith walk. How we go about life on a daily basis. The choices we make, the things we do and the things we don't do. How does it measure up to the word of God. Now, James is highlighting three aspects of our daily life. He firstly, in no uncertain terms, tells us, like he told them, the Israelites many years ago, those 12 tribes scattered all over Israel. He said to them, 
favoritism is not allowed. It's sin. Don't favor one above the other. When one does that, you simply have a winner and a loser. And God's kingdom is not exclusive for certain people. God's whole kingdom is inclusive of all who once of this gospel of Jesus Christ. So he says favoritism is forbidden. Favoritism is committed on a daily basis. You and I are faced with choices we have to make on a daily basis. Because people just discriminate. People favor individuals or groupings above other individuals and groupings. People discriminate on the basis of how one looks. They look at you and they judge you by your looks. They discriminate on the basis of your race, your color. Where do you live? What do you drive? They discriminate because some people are single, others are teens, they're young, or others are elderly. People get discriminated against on a regular basis. We get discriminated against on how we dress or where we live. If there is at least one community of people where this shouldn't take place, and it has to be the church. But the problem, however, is the church speaks a lot about the gospel. The church teaches a lot about the gospel. You and I are the church. We need to do what the word of God says we need to do. Discrimination, favoritism, can't just fall away if nobody intentionally addresses favoritism. If the word of God says that it is wrong to favor, then that's what we stand on. And that's what we should pursue. Where there is favoritism, we have to act. Because what we read are commands from the law of God. And he's looking no further than the church, than you and I, to confront in love and make the changes that need to be made. I can guarantee you there are hundreds of thousands of people that are doing the wrong thing and not even knowing they're doing wrong. Because nobody has the courage to go up to a brother and say, listen, can you explain your actions? And how does it line up with the word of God? And then maybe we'll be making inroads into the areas that need to be opened up for the gospel to be spoken and for the gospel to be embraced. We have to give people a chance. Now, favoritism, what is favoritism? It's the practice of giving unfair preferential treatment to a person or a group of people. But not only that, at the expense of another. So when we favor, you might be faced with decisions you have to make 
regarding this topic of favoring. How, how do you do it in, in your household, amongst your children? Do you favor one child at the expense of the other child? Does the elder child get everything his or hers her way? While the young child has to hope that something comes their way? How about a work situation? What, what, what do people do who own businesses, who manage people? What do those Christians, those of us, who are in management positions, who manage people, have to work with people on a regular basis? What do we do when we have to make those difficult decisions? How do, how do we pay our workers? How do you calculate how you pay your different workers? Do you pay the nice guy a nice salary and a not so nice guy because he's difficult and he doesn't sing your tune? Do you disadvantage him? How about teachers in school? What do they do to the kids? How do they treat the different kids from the different homes? I've experienced it, I've seen it. That those who come from rich homes get preferential treatment by the teachers and the coaches. And amongst us, wherever, in the different spheres of life, we have Christians in these places. And James saying, it is wrong to practice favoritism. James is saying to us, what are you doing about it? Christ follower? Child of God? Are you making a difference? No, but I, I don't see this. We must intentionally go into places, seek out places where faith is being practiced and do something about it. The least we can do is mention it. Give somebody a chance that is veered off the faith part to get back on. But by us keeping quiet, it's not going to happen on its own. Nothing just happens on their own. So I'm saying this morning, we have to ensure that favoritism doesn't kill our communities, doesn't kill society as a whole. Because we allow people to veer off the faith path because so many people are discriminated against that not everybody fights the fight of liberation some people just accept a lot and turn the other way and instead of running to Jesus they run away from Jesus and here we are reading scripture upon scripture praying our normal prayers whenever the end of the day the same apostle James says faith without works is dead we have to start doing what God calls us to do I always say to the people I lead let's do the simple things right let's get in the habit of doing the things right this is how we measure our everyday life. We have to measure ourselves against the word of God. And when we, where we have faltered, 
The sooner we find out we've faulted, the sooner we can get back on track. But it's when we don't confront one another as a brother, as a sister. In love and highlight weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. We all have blind spots. But we have to address, we can't stay blind and die blind. We have to be our brother's keepers. We have to muster up the courage. It's not nice to confront. We all know that. But as a Christian brother, sister, we have to do that. Not for our sake, for, the, for his sake. And he expects that of us. So favoritism should never ever become acceptable. Favoritism can never ever be something that we just ignore. Jesus showed us how to live his model. Jesus went totally against the grain in terms of the world and society at that time. He didn't go and associate with the rich and famous. He chose to sit with the poor. He chose to sit with the tax collectors. He chose to sit with those whom society shuns. He chose them to befriend and to empower and to equip with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know the apostles, they weren't highly educated and mighty men and prosperous men. They were willing men who were willing to pay with their lives. And that's what God is looking for in this day. He's looking for those who are willing to pay the price with their lives. There's too few of us. God is looking for more. So James then says that he's sketching a scenario for us where he talks about a rich man coming into a setting like this. And we go out of our way to greet the rich man, make him comfortable, place him on a favorable seat in the front row, and we look after him. And then he talks about a poor man who comes into the same setting amongst the same people and is treated differently. How can it be in the house of God? Does it happen? Yes, it does. We know it does. But how can it be? This God, loving Father, creator of all, who hates division. That's why he reconciled in us to himself. Will he be satisfied with a setting like that? Where on the one hand, we treat his precious creation like this way. And on the other hand, the same setting, the same people treat the person totally the opposite way. Something must be wrong. Look, James wouldn't have mentioned the rich man and the poor man if it wasn't so. He was facing that those many years ago. I can guarantee you we still face it today. It might be more subtle. It might be that we don't see it clearly. It might be hidden away, but it's there. And we as the children of God, we need to be intentional. 
We need to be brave and bold Standing on the word of God at all times So that we don't fall off the wagon But something has to be done There are people going astray People are dying In obscurity Because nobody Tends to venture Where conflict could arise And God is looking for men and women To intentionally engage So that favoritism Is thrown out of the church firstly And then out of his world Favoritism Is a sin Favoritism Is always at the expense Of somebody And we must Come to the rescue of those somebodies Who are being disfavored And when people are disfavored People divide Don't need to make a loud noise No, I'm, I'm not associating with them You just see that we get smaller And smaller and smaller Then we wonder What's happening when it's too late I'm saying to us this morning Not one of us can claim we're not in a situation Where we are tempted To favor somebody Above somebody else I spoke about sons You know we so easily call people Spiritual sons And then we embrace them as spiritual sons But as soon as we must measure them up Against our biological sons Then we start to Fumble and start to think How best to get my biological son The better deal How can it be If the Bible says Favoritism is wrong Even your own children Can't be favored Above somebody else's children This might be your biological son But somebody else also has a biological son How are you going to measure them Up against each other when you have to make a decision That's the challenge We are up against How many of us Allow One child to bully the next child And say I'm not going to get in I'm not going to interfere It's none of my business We must make these things our business We must make these things our business Our inactivity our inactivity is causing souls to go astray And James says It's not right Partiality is sin And where there is sin We don't ask what type of sin We go and kill the sin By mustering up the courage to confront in love And as Assist the people who are battling with these situations Help them get out of their misery Because I tell you now People who, who involuntarily do things That they don't want to do They are caught up And they want an escape Can we be those who let them loose? And thirdly 
James says, the poor are the ones who are more receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Natural fact surveys were done a few years back and it's on record that most people who endeared themselves to the gospel, who committed their lives to Jesus, were poor people opposed to rich people. Now when I'm talking about rich people and poor people, I'm not saying that you can discriminate or disfavor a rich person. Favoritism is wrong, whether you're poor or whether you're rich. But something has to be done. It's in our power to do that. Amen? The Lord demands that we speak and act without partiality. Don't forget, judgment is without mercy to those who show no mercy. That's what the Word of God says. Judgment is without mercy to those who show no mercy. It's the, it's the kingdom values. You give what you get. You get what you give. Amen? You can't give what you don't have. And if you don't have, ask. Ask from God. Ask God the courage. Ask Him to make you bold. Ask Him to make you wise. Ask Him just to give you a plan how to go about changing the status quo. Partiality is from the devil. The same covenant love that God shows to his people, he expects his people to show to each other. We're challenged. We are challenged people. And we'll always be challenged as long as we uh, are Christians walking this earth. We'll always be challenged. You overcome the one challenge and another challenge is waiting for you. That's our life. So don't hide away from a challenge. Don't try and evade a challenge. We need to be up for the challenge. We need to be ready. We must be the ones who say, yeah, I am. Send me and mean it. Because God is looking to call on somebody's number. Amen? Places of worship, spiritual son, biological son, treat them equally. Coaches with sport teams, your children's schooling, when the coaches are favoring one child above the other child, and you know, tell the coach. When the, your, your, your child's class teacher teaches, uh, 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 treats the children differently, tell the class teacher. That favoritism is sin. Let's just be reminded this morning, as in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 14. It's talking about unity and diversity in the body. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. We are uniquely made for interdependence 
and not for independence. As long as we are part of God's church, this great family of God called the church, we have to walk together. We have to work together. We have to do the gospel together. The time for only preaching, only hearing, only teaching, only get together, I think is gone. I think it's gone. We need to put to practice what we preach. It's not difficult. Let's do the simple things right and let God take care of the big things. And when we're ready, God will empower us to do the great exploits for His glory and for His kingdom. May God bless you today and don't shy away from making those difficult decisions. We have God on our side. He'll help us. He'll equip us. And He'll move us into the space and places that we need to go. But only if we're willing.